Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, looking at Exodus chapter 21 today. It's, you know, really interesting, you know, the first part of Exodus, you know, it's all just action, 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 right? And then in this latter part of Exodus, you know, we're looking at, you know, it, it's it's laws, it's, it's regulations, it's rules, right? Um, but it's still really interesting stuff here. I mean, I mean, here we're talking about, you know, what happens when, when you got an ox that, that goes crazy and like, you know, there's, there's violence and when, what happens when things don't quite go right, um, even though God has rescued his people and, uh, you know, brought them out of that land of oppression and slavery. So it is really interesting. And it's also, I think, uh, maybe more significantly for us, just something that, that really tells you about you know, wh- how is it that God wants his people to live. And yeah, maybe we don't find ourselves surrounded by oxen um, in many of our circumstances these days, but there's still the same principles and ideas here. Um, you know, here you've got stuff about father and mother, you know, like well, what is the role of parents and, and what is the role of um, the animals God has given us? Those are questions that we definitely can and uh, should be asking here. So good stuff for us. Joining us today, we've got Pastor Lucas Witt, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Good morning, brother. Really good to be hearing from you again, having a conversation, and looking at looking at a chapter that you know maybe uh, we're not so familiar with, but really good stuff here, nonetheless. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, I couldn't help but think, you know, when I uh, got inspired to open my Bible, um, you know, as a younger man, kid in my parents' house, and, you know, you'd be like, yes, I'm doing this, and then this is about the point you'd, you'd start to slow down or gloss over, but, you know, you yeah. had to fit it in shit because it's Exodus, um, and uh, but yeah. it wasn't too long after that, you're just thinking, all right, how does this, you know, <laughs> you lost me at the ox, God. Um, I'm yeah, a, I know. <laughs> I don't even have the ox, so, uh, but, you know, as, as you mentioned, this is, you know, still re- very relevant today as we look um, literally and uh, you know, and just in principle, um, by what God has in his word, it's all, it's all breathed by the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, how, how, you know, this, this follows, right, the, the Ten Commandments. And, you know, so, so this is, uh, like you were saying, maybe a part where, you know, someone might start to read or, <laughs> you know, and they're like, hey, Ten Commandments, that seems important. That's, that's really good. That's, you know, and then you get to this stuff about, you know, oxen, and you're just like, this seems, what? Like, we had the Ten Commandments, and now it's, it's this stuff? But, you know, I mean, I really think it's interesting that, you know, this, this doesn't, for, for Moses, this does not feel like, you know, a, a random sidebar or a tangent. This feels like it's, like it's very much an extension of, of the previous chapter. And, you know, if you're going to talk about the Ten Commandments, like, you got to, like, flesh that out. I mean, in some ways, I kind of reminded of the small catechism, how Luther, you know, we have our Ten Commandments, but then he goes and he explains them, and he you know, explains it like, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, what is it in the, in the 10th commandment explanation, right? You know, um, you know, and, and he goes on to explain, you know, with that we should not, uh, you know, be turning, uh, our neighbors, uh, like animals against him. And he goes and, you know, like names, like all the animals. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's not too different from that. No. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, later commandments, uh, you know, in our numbers, you know, also I'd say there's a reflection of, you know, the fourth commandment, uh, honor your father and mother, right? And that one has yeah. a, a promise uh, attached, as they say, um, you know, that it will go well with you. And it's, it's the same thing here, you know, uh, the section of Mishpatim, 
uh, is something I'd say that focuses, you know, on kind of the, the, the civil realm there. But, you know, what is that? But like you said, the civil law, the civil um, guidance that we have really teaches us, you know, what does life look like? What does a holy life look like? And really, what does life look like best? Um, well, it's by following God's ways. Uh, and and that's how life goes the smoothest when that happens, you know, and the more the better. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Amen. Well, uh, hey, without any further ado, let's go ahead and turn to the chapter as we get started. Brother, would you go ahead and say a prayer for us? Yeah, let us pray. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commandments and has commanded us to immerse ourselves in the words and the matters of Torah. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, open our mouths, that we may hear what you have us to hear, see what you have us to see, and speak what you have us to speak. We pray this all through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen, amen. Uh, And yeah, I appreciate the, uh, you know, appropriately, Old Testament uh, language uh, in in your prayer there, and, and just the idea also, you know, of seeing what we're meant to see I mean, seeing we've seen is such a major theme in Exodus. And yeah, it was there, you know, in in the plague narrative, you know, that, you know, all this would be seen. But uh, yeah, I I think, I think you still have that in the the latter part of Exodus here. So, um, you know, so on that note, any, before we just go through and we'll just, we'll just read the chapter um, straight through before we start talking about some of the details, but any themes like that, or or keywords even that we should be keeping a, um, keeping an ear out for, or um, anything about the context? Uh, we mentioned the Ten Commandments that like we ought to. I mean, and we already talked about maybe connections to the Fourth Commandment and and the and the last. But anything else we ought to be preparing ourselves for as we read through the chapter? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, when when kind of taking a step back at the overview here, I think the part, especially the first part, really keys on you know what do what do relationships look like, um, and there's uh, there's rights and there's regulations for people in different situations of life. Um, maybe you can speak more of this too. I, as I was going through, I think the term um, <laughs> I realize there's lots of yatsa in here, uh, lots of sure. going out, and there yeah. maybe be seven seven times possibly. Um, that, that, that yeah. kind of word is put in here, so yeah. uh, it stuck out to me. Um, you're the you're definitely the Hebrew expert as far as uh, you know. Is there something behind all the talk of going out as we talk about uh, being servants uh, of other people uh, here? That's, yeah, no, I, I, that's yeah, no, no, no that, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that. Well, you know, well first we'll just kind of like go ahead and, and read through it, but. Um, it is it is interesting, you know, when I mean we saw that earlier with Moses too, how yeah, there's like a you know, a literal story of what Moses, you know, did, you know, say when he uh, you know, killed the Egyptian and and you know, ran away, but there's kind of that like level 2 of, you know, like is are we kind of getting a hint at something and we've seen throughout Exodus there's kind of always that kind of level 2 yeah. um, you know, hinting or pointing forward or pointing back. So, yeah, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll see some of that. But uh, let's go ahead and, uh, without spoiling it all, go ahead and just read through the chapter here. So this is Exodus chapter 21 from the top. Now, these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years. In the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. If he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. 
If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl and he shall be his slave forever. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, he shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since he has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as with a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food or her clothing or her marital rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing, without payment of money. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint for you a place to which he may flee. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him, shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. When men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist, and the man does not die but takes to his bed, then if the man arises again and walks outdoors with his staff, he who, is, who struck him shall be clear. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is not to be avenged, for the slave is his money. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. When an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. But if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and his owner has been warned but has not kept it in, and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and its owner shall also be put to death. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to the same rule. If the ox gores a slave, male or female, the owner shall give to their master thirty shekels of silver and the ox shall be stoned. When a man opens a pit, or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and an ox or donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make restoration. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead beast shall be his. When one man's ox butts another's so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price, and the dead beast also they shall share. Or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has not kept it in, he shall repay ox for ox, and the dead beast shall be his. All right, so, you know, really, 
very interesting chapter. It um, it's interesting because especially too at the end there, it seems you, there's you get that that part that I think we all associate with uh, Hammurabi's code, right? The the eye for eye, tooth for tooth, um, and, and you get this language that's very much like you know. Uh, tit for tat, the justice must be upheld. If if you cost somebody this, you've got to make restoration, uh, or you got to split the losses down the middle 50-50. Um, you know, or you know, if if it's by your own negligence, then hey, you you got to restore him. You got to make him whole, and you 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 cost him one, so you give him one of yours. Uh, I mean, so in, in that way, there there is um, very much throughout the chapter, even, uh, and that's maybe in the in the first part, you know, I think that we're taking it back as, I probably should have said something about this, but, um, you know, you get this, this talk about slavery and, you know, as Americans, we have a certain reaction to that. Um, but we're, we're talking about, frankly, a pretty different situation than what we had with slavery in the United States. Uh, you know, and just, just from the very beginning, right, um, that slaves by default uh, are meant to go free um, after six years, right? So, I mean, it, it's a kind of servant sort of situation that's not exactly the same. So uh, in, in the midst of that, where we're, we're kind of, you know, like reeling and saying, what is going on with all this? Um, still, it comes out with the overall theme of the chapter. It, it's all about like this this justice, uh, restoration. Um, we're not going to be cheating anybody as as God's people. Um, yeah, I know. So that, that's the thing. I mean, I think the, the kind of the, the scales almost, the equilibrium of justice is kind of what emerges to me. What what stands out to you or uh, seems like, you know, some big, uh, big themes that kind of emerge from the whole chapter? Yeah, I think there's, you know, two sides of the same coin. I'd say I kind of realized maybe the second part, like you said, when I, when you hear Jesus and going back here about eye for eye, tooth for tooth, you're like, okay, that's, you know, that's the response you should have that's fair, right? Uh, somebody, yeah. you know, gets your eye, get it back. And again, it's, yeah. it's the principle that's really, um, Know, important there and soul for soul even uh, but I mean the other side of that is is there's actually a, a limit put there too yeah right so you do, instead of having like uh, you know Lamech going on and saying you know if somebody looks at me funny I'm taking him out because I didn't you know like him or you know my vengeance is gonna be um, you know seven was it was it 70 times seven or his uh, oh well yeah there? well you've got you've got that it happens that um there, there's there's a like one of his like fathers says you know I'll look at sevenfold of vengeance or or is it or is it Cain I think who who gets the mark who who gets the sevenfold yep. of vengeance yep. now you're making me wonder um, and then he's like well I get you know seven times that or you know yeah yeah so I mean you know it also kind of puts this restriction on well you know what do you do when something happens to you well it, it puts a cap on on a guy like Lamech. Um, who's going to, you know, do everything to the full extent, but says, no, you know, there's a certain response there is, and then it stops, you know, and yeah. that's, that's where your courts are at, even in a, um, you know, personally forgive, and then, you know, legally, um, there's those ramifications. And I think, you know, the other side, like I said, probably <laughs> very worth mentioning um, is, uh, you know, the term slavery comes up, and we're just hijacked by that because of yeah. uh, our history here. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think we have to be, totally honest and say that uh, that the Bible, you know, here the context is, um, you know, I think servant's a better word to use for sure, because uh, we're in the context of, of what do you do with some, somebody who's Hebrew, right? We're talking yeah, about your right. own, own people here, and so that's let's right. not twist this and say, well, this is what God does for all slaves, 
Um, you know, but we're talking about certain people here and how you treat, uh, you know, I mean, your own people in a sense, God's chosen uh, people right. here under the Hebrew. Um, uh, so. Yeah, no, that, that, that's really well said on both on both points, right? Like, th- this is not like anything to do with racism. I mean, these are the, this is your own people, right? This is like your, you know, your, your brother, your, your sister, your fellow um, Hebrew, right? Like, so very, very different situation there. Now, um, none of that really, I mean, even to say though, right, that like, well, because this is, this has happened, right? They're like, well, see, really, if you read the Bible, you know, like God's actually okay with slavery, just, just not, just not like, you know, bad, like American slavery, like racist slavery, like, you know, that's, you know, that, that's, that's not cool, but, you know, uh, you know, this really is. Uh, but you know, I, I think to your earlier point, your first point, though, I, I think really that's the thing we got to be looking out for. Like, like you know, we we think of it as like, oh man, like eye for eye, tooth for tooth. That's that's harsh. But we we got to appreciate that in this ancient context, God is dialing it down. You know, um, I mean, I really like your your mention there of uh, yeah, I, I just I, I pulled it up here. It is is uh, Cain and Lamech, right? So like, Cain is the one who gets like the sevenfold revenge but lamech you know is like hey well i'll get you know 77 fold or something along those lines and you know and and this is really how how the world works right the world of you know tough guys with reps and you know you you don't want to say like i mean it's it's i was actually having this conversation the other day like you, you don't ever hear about like some you know gangland violence where you know like one side like gets hit by the other and then they they come out and make a statement and say okay well that was about fair so I think we're calling it even now you, you know like, I mean it never 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 happens like you you always have to go and and, and deal back heavier more you you got to multiply right mm-hmm. like you got to strike fear into the other side like there's there's always this human tendency of the sinful heart to to want more than what you lost uh, you know in in multiple times over in, in, in extraordinary multiples sometimes seven seventy seven right. But so this is here, God dialing it down, saying, nope, you get one for one restoration. It's, it's a, that, there's that word in the English standard versions, a heading there, restitution, right? You make the person whole, you don't get revenge though. We're dialing that down. And so I think similarly too, with this institution of slavery stuff here, um, this, is, this is, I think, God putting limits on this practice that was just rampant and widespread, not to say that God was uh, like instituting it or saying like, oh yeah, this is going to be a good idea, but just saying, you know, you guys are going to do this because of how hard your hearts are. So I'm going to put limits on it. Yeah. I mean, God, God takes us where we're at and, and moves us, um, you know, in his timing. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the Israelites here were coming out of 400 years plus yeah. of, of being, you know, slaves. And so, um, you know, they had been a part of this, and, and I think human nature has two responses to extremes. One, you know, we can totally say, I'm going the opposite direction, right, and fall yeah. off the other side of the horse, like Lucer says. But really, mm-hmm. over and over, you see that, I mean, we do what we've been around. We do what's done to us. So whether that's, you know, the, a child or a child who raised up being abused and then, you know, ends up uh, abusing others, um, whether it's right. alcoholism. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, so often we we do what's been done to us, and so often the villain in a movie, you know, has kind of this this sense of righteous action to start with, but then they you know the oppressed yeah, becomes right. the oppressor there. So um, yeah, God, you know, God just yeah, no, just as you're as you're talking, I'm just time. thinking we, we have all these origin movie story like uh, going on, right? There's always origin movies, and 
uh, like we do like origin stories on like the villains now, right? And it's and it's always like there's no monsters out there except for the ones that we yeah. make, right? right? You know, we're always the ones who create them, and they're they're just kind of I don't know echoing back uh, what we the injustices and perversions that we ourselves committed, right? Right. There's some background uh, that happened to them first. It's not really that they're yeah, so bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. the same thing I think here with the steps of, you know, it's not God's, you know, okay with, you know, polygamy, multiple wives, for, you know, and then he's okay with slavery and things like that. Right. You know, but it's really, you see this progression of, you know, God doesn't overturn things um, really all that quickly in our lives, right? He does it through us. And then, you know, in the end, then you see the full picture of, ah, yeah. all are free, all have no worries, all are taken care of. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no death, there's no destruction, and, uh, and, and you just get a shadow of that, really, in even servanthood here, um, yeah. how, how the master takes care of uh, the servant even comes well, out true. here in just a small bit. Yeah. Well, and you also mentioned, you know, um, how the Lord Jesus, you know, goes and he takes this, this quote from Deuteronomy um, in comparison there in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's interesting how, you know, he also talks about divorce is one of the more prominent teachings there that you have highlighted in the the Gospels. And, and there, you know, he says it, you know, hey, guys, it's not that Moses was saying that God likes divorce. He, he saw that your hearts were hard and that you were going to do it. And so he tried to give you an orderly way to kind of hold back, um, you know, just the, the selfishness and the callousness of men. Who, who would just really mistreat uh, the women that they were divorcing. And so, um, like you were saying, you, you see, um, and, so, and so in that moment, right, like, you know, Christ is making it clear, like, God was actually never okay with that. He was just trying to hold it, hold you back some, you know? Like, this is that, we talk in Lutheran theology about that first use of the law, um, that curb, that, that just kind of, you know, here's punishments so that you guys don't go totally out of hand, use of the law, right? And like you, you totally see a lot of that here where this is just trying to keep order, some semblance of order among the Hebrews, but um, certainly I think it's an appropriate and really a faithful development within the theology of God's people to end up with the conclusion, and actually slavery is just wrong, right? Like no one should be in a position where we're buying or selling human beings, right? That, that That's where God has, by his grace, taken us. Um, but he, as you were saying, yeah, he, he took, from well, from our perspective, he took his time. Um, you know, of course, when we when we think about just really how brief human history really is, um, from God's perspective, uh, you know, I, I think he, in some ways, he took us along as, as fast as we were able to. Um, so yeah, I mean, not, not, I don't think God at all, like has any of the fault on himself. It's, it's only that, that, you know, human civilization would only allow itself to be reformed, um, so quickly. And, and and that's what we're seeing, right? That the human heart is really resistant to God giving his law. And so he has done so very, very gradually and, um, patiently with us. And we, we see, we see that here, uh, God's patience, um, even as he tries to, uh, uh, restrain um, sin. Yeah, when we when we get unplugged from from a, a system really fast, you know, our our reaction is rebel, no matter yeah. what. So whether that's yeah. you know, movie or whether that's uh, uh, law or whether that's you know suddenly going from, you know, a certain you know organ music to guitar or vice versa some morning. I mean, to be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's too quick. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, in, in, indeed. So. 
So, so with that in mind, um, you know, as you were saying, his people had just spent a really long time in Egypt, um, and in a lot of ways, they're Egyptians now. I mean, they they have Egyptian um, like mores, right? They have they have an Egyptian way of of living and of looking at the world and, and of thinking. And he's got a kind of, you know, it's it's just kind of like you know, you can take you can take the Israel out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of Israel. Like there you go. He, yep. he's going to, he's going to very gradually take the Egypt out of them, but, but he, he's working on it uh, bit by bit. And so the, the whole idea of slavery is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's stuck. It is with them. So, you know, he goes and he says, so, you know, when you buy a Hebrew slave, right. Um, and what's interesting, I think, is uh, in the Hebrew, too, it's a little bit like, now, when you buy a Hebrew slave, um, kind, of, kind of almost with the sense of, like, because I know you're going to do this, guys, <laughs> right? Like, I know you're going to do this, so at least let me tell you, like, you know, how to not go totally crazy with this. And it's interesting, right, what he says then is that, you know, limit at six years, seven, he's, he's got to go free for nothing, it says. And, I mean, isn't that just so something beautiful about that, that no, like, I'm not going to let you just take slaves for the rest of their lives. Um, and then also, like, this is going to illustrate actually the Sabbath, right? That on, on six days, God worked, right? And then on the seventh, he rested. And so similarly, just that, that idea of the identity of God and his name on his people, that's going to affect every single institution and habit and idea and practice that we have. Um, and so slavery is not exempt. It, too, will be affected. And um, as you were saying, um, just, of course, <laughs> very illustrative, too, of the Exodus itself. He he goes out in the same way that Israel goes out from its slavery in the Exodus. So, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, just a lot of things going on there. I want to give you a chance to to, to kind of jam on this point as well but we, we've come to our time here for the break but everybody hang on we're looking at Exodus chapter 21 here on Nice Strong Word we'll be right back These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Exodus chapter 21 today. It is pre-recorded, so unfortunately, no uh, questions or comments today. But, you know, if you always, uh, if you ever go to the Facebook page, you can go to facebook.com slash Espinosa. Uh, we've got, you know, the other videos up there. It's, it's okay if you've got some questions from Exodus 21, if you post them on, um, you know, the, the stuff we have from Exodus 20 or uh, Exodus 22 or whatever, we can take a look at those um, perhaps in due time. But also, uh, 
I don't want to neglect to thank our underwriters, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Thank you guys for your ongoing support of Thy Strong Word, both the live and the occasional pre-recorded episode here. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, pre-recorded, you know, for the for the holiday, right? Speaking of uh, not working forever, <laughs> but taking some time because God is holy. Uh, we were just talking to our guest here, uh, Pastor Lucas Witt, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. So yeah, in this uh, idea of having to let the slave go or the servant go after six years, it, it's it's because of who they are and because of who God is and what he has done for them. Yeah, I mean, the bigger picture of this is, you know, there's there's justice coming through here. I mean, somebody who's, you know, bought uh, as a, a slave or servant, I mean, it could be out of, uh, you know, restitution that they stole, um, but also could be, you know, I'd say something really relevant to right now, you know, if somebody is just suddenly doesn't have a job, um, because guess what, there's COVID, we're shutting down for three months, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you got bills to pay, but I can't help you out there. Well, what do they yeah. do? Um, you know, we kind of have this good luck or, you know, get him on employment. Um, but, but here they say, well, there's a way, you know, there's a way where you can kind of, uh, you know, if you can't pay the bill, you can wash the dishes. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you owe somebody, you know, you can, uh, uh, work for them, you know, give them labor, um, to pay them back. And, and in fact, when, when that happens to a servant, uh, you know, the master is re- required, obligated to take care of them, uh, you know, roof, food, housing, you know, not quite dental insurance, but, um, I mean, they're, they're taken care of. So in a sense, they have, they have more comfort uh, in that position because they know that they're um, legally and maybe even brotherly as a Hebrew uh, also um, taken care of. And so it's really a, you know, a social justice, social writing, um, welfare uh, type thing. And then, but also, again, that's never the, the uh, full intention, right? So yeah, appropriate for independence here, but uh, like you said, you know, seven, I mean, seven always brings you to, to Sabbath, you know, the yeah. uh, the completion of something, um, a rest, and, and ceasing, you know, is really kind of my favorite general term for it, ceasing, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as, as uh, the cycle ceases, and here the, the cease of that time of somebody being the uh, indentured servant, at least uh, in, involuntarily maybe, um, is done, and they go free, and, uh, you know, the license is over, the lease is up, um, and they don't have to do anything else, they just, you know, walk out the door if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, it, it is really interesting just how much imagery we, we have associated with this and, and, and what it, what it shows, right? Cause you were saying, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a social justice thing. Um, social justice in the sense of justice among, um, a society, among a people, right? Um, people who in, in a sense are, all children of God and, and, and brothers and sisters, therefore, to each other. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's not like it's just about that. It, it's really because of the language that's going back to the, um, going back to the Exodus proper, it, it's, about, it's about God, right? I mean, because God doesn't say, right, hey, Pharaoh, You've been running a corrupt administration here. You know, you don't give your workers dental. It's just a shame. They can't unionize. And, you know, we're, we're going to have to do something about this. So I'm going to emancipate these slaves, right? Like, no, 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 no. What does he say? Like, well, I'm going to do this and you're going to know that I am God, right? So, so the, the going out happens, 
so that people would know God. And, and so similarly here, um, yes, you know, social justice is a good end um, in itself to an extent, but even here, um, it is actually in the same way as the Exodus itself uh, was, it's pointing to God, right? It's, you're, you're, why are you doing all this stuff? So that people would know that Yahweh is God, right? Like, like this, this is, this is pointing back and giving glory to him. And, you know, so uh, this is this, you know, the teaching of the Lord Jesus, right? Um, you know, so that uh, people would see your good works, see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven, right? Same, same sort of idea that by treating each other a certain way, we're doing that for the sake of God and so that the neighbor would see God. And that gives you a glimpse of, of the fuller picture of who God did as well with the, you know, the, the release, the going out uh, of the servant here at the end, or slave. And I can't help but, you know, think of Paul, I think it's the epistle for this week in Romans 6, you know, used to be a slave to sin, and now you're uh, a slave to righteousness. So there is, um, you know, there's a bigger picture where God is bringing us. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's right. And, and I think telling too, right, it's, um, I mean, it really is the, the going out verb. You mentioned this, right? Um, it, it is the verb for going out, exiting, um, not the verb for... Um, like like emancipating someone or releasing someone, which is which is striking because you you might think about this in terms of this is the chapter that's all about emancipation, right? And um, you know how how you just it's, you know uh, limits on slavery, uh, but it, it's really pointing that bigger picture. So this is actually not the verb that's you know, let let the people go to worship uh, their God, right? This is not actually the verb that Moses was using with Pharaoh, you know, because that verb was basically, you know, give them permission to go worship, right? No, it's not, this isn't about give, give, give them permission to do stuff. This isn't about their, it's not even necessarily about their rights. Um, what, what it's about ultimately, right, is, is this going out the work of God. It's God is the one who brought them out. And so it's, it's God also who, who brings out these people um, out of out of this out of this slavery, you know, because I mean, it's ultimately right God who brought man out of the dust of the earth. So it really it really is going back to the, the bigger picture, the picture of of God as Creator, and we are but stewards. And no one really, I mean, I think it's in that way. It's already actually pointing to um, the ultimate end of slavery. That you really no one gets to own a human being. Um, only only God. Yeah, now you're making me wonder, as there's this reflection of, you know, how I brought you out of Egypt, um, if that's uh, the same word, but I think, you know, the same force behind it, like, like it is. saying it before, is. I, I brought you out of Egypt, and I, I'm bringing the Egypt out of you um, as mm -hmm. well, because that's the fuller picture of who I am, you know, fully that's out right. of that, that bondage. That's right, that's right. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it is it is important to to make those those verbal connections and and yeah certainly it's um it, it's a it's a big feature here, so so here's then the uh, kind of taking the next step here and looking at some of these other details, so okay so you got the basic idea of you know we're going out um, letting these people go out it's it's you know because of who God is what the Creator what it means for him to be the creator, for us to be his creation, and all the rest. But then you get into these details, right? Um, if he comes in single, he goes out single. If he comes in married, he goes out married. But 
I mean, this is interesting in, in verse 4 then. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. I mean, so th- this, is, uh, this is where you think to yourself, like, oh, I don't know. Does this, does this sound right? Um, what, what's interesting, though, is that, like, and I think we're going to get to this uh, coming up too. This is, like, kind of standard, um, stand, standard like, practice of justice. Like it's it's actually um, you see the same thing actually with animals that if um, I mean even today actually that if you if you let someone have uh, you know make use of your animal or or even actually I mean this is a standard practice in some parts of the world too if you give someone an animal um, and then that animal uh, has offspring that it, it's even though even though it was given to you the standard thing is that you would give back to the person who gave to you um be, because that all that happened only because of only because of them um and, that, and that's really interesting how i mean even to this day that plays out in different parts of the world and so uh i mean he really is like you were saying he's just taken israel where they're at and this is kind of standard stuff what's interesting right is that the, the the modification seems to be that hey, if the if the slave though if the if the servant doesn't want to leave his wife and children, he doesn't have to. Like you actually, I mean, God's actually this is crazy, right? God's giving servants slaves a choice in the matter, and yeah, bore his ear through and all sounds terrible. I mean, it's you know, but um, I think the idea is basically it's a standard way of piercing ears that. Um, has existed for some time. Uh, but, but I mean, like God's like giving them a choice in the matter, which is, I think really kind of the remarkable thing. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, we're, you know, independence, we're thinking like, well, you know, what you really want in life is to be able to set your own terms, control, own everything you have. Um, and that's, you know, that's really a fullest way of, of being, uh, free in a sense, uh, economically, maybe I should say, um, you know, but, but here, yeah, it's not, well, you have to go, but this guy can say, man, you know, my master has treated me great. You know, yeah. I have my family here I want to keep intact. Like, you know, yeah. why would I want to leave that? And and so he's taking care of me. You know, I have everything I need. I have everything I want. Um, you know, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that everything I could possibly want? You know, I've got food, yeah. family, shelter, clothes. I mean, you know what else day to day that's all that's all, when i get out of bed i mean i'm thinking hey if i have that and i'm secure in that like what more is there yeah. so it yeah. provides that opportunity for um yeah singing this too you know god shows how you know relationships and the family you know the family here he he sticks keeps together and has ways to do that yeah no that that's right and it's that that importance on on the family that you see really brought out and i mean even um you know, even even to more specifically, there's this. I think this idea of of caring for the weak, and particularly even um, caring for women, and that's something that you see in the Gospels, and it's something that you see actually here a little bit um, in the next section, beginning at verse seven. Yeah. Um, you, you see this that there's like, well, but when when you have a female servant, things are a little bit differently, uh, go a little bit differently. Uh, I mean, and there's these kind of extra, um, these extra like asterisks that have been put by that. And, and it, what, what you have here is like, Hey, hang on and hang on a second. Like, you're not just going to treat this woman this way. 
Um, you know, th th this isn't, this, you know, she isn't cattle here. Um, and, and you, you seem to have that, you know, like uh, in verse 10, you know, if he takes another wife to himself, um, and I think again, that's sort of, a yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, so if, if that's, if that's what you guys do, right. Um, then, you know, you, you don't get to diminish her food or clothing. In other words, you, you can't like make her second class or, or neglect her or anything like that. So it, it seems that in the midst of all of this, there, there's just a lot of interest in making sure that, that, that women don't lose their husbands, that women don't lose, uh, their, their provision and being cared for. There, there is like a lot of stuff here that God is providing to prevent men from, um, just going too far as it happens all the time in, in the way that they treat women. Yeah. And I think this, this part is kind of like, yeah, wait a minute. What? And you know, the women's situation is different. Like, Oh man, you know, I got to try and explain this to, um, <laughs> But uh, I, th I think, you know, suddenly you get to, what, designating her, you know, or, or marriage, and suddenly you're like, you know, marriage, wh where'd that come from? But it suddenly kind of makes it, you know, it makes it click um, with the culture, uh, at least uh, how, I, how I would think of it. Um, I mean, we don't have a dowry, but, you know, I had a friend who married a Hmong lady uh, in, in St. Paul. Um, yeah. You know, they still had dowries then, and, uh, I mean, they still do. He was exempt because he's not Hmong, um, but otherwise they, you know, they still do that here. And, um, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, this is kind of like, well, Mary and Joseph maybe too. Um, you know, the, there's this agreement of, um, you know, this, you were going to marry my, uh, my daughter when she grows up. Um, and that's really kind of the agreement uh, that happens. Um, and so it's, it's really that kind of commitment uh, situation uh, that comes up here yeah. and also gives stability. Um, you know, I, I had this idea planted as well that, you know, what do you have here, but also kind of a, a stability of, uh, of, of families um, yeah. in that, you know, the one who's struggling more, what do they do? Well, you know, they get something uh, uh, in this dowry, you know, um, for their daughter to probably somebody who might be better off. And, uh, you know, and so there's kind of this <laughs> equalizing um, mm -hmm. of, uh, of provision, uh, and even more, maybe there's this even bring together of, of possibly even two different, you know, social levels uh, through marriage. You know, you get this in, uh, you know, monarchies and such. The king, you know, marries a queen from a certain area, and then there's peace or respect or whatever. But um, you know, I can't help but think also the, you know, the bride here who is yeah. the eventual bride, right, who is, who is uh, maybe even, um, you know, marries into a more a stable um loving, uh, you know, <laughs> higher up, you know, in a sense of like Jesus, our King, higher up situation, um, that kind of brings peace and rec reconciliation, uh, to her family and, and society as well. And, and also reflects that bride that we are, you know, being grabbed by Jesus, um, yeah. to a whole new relationship as well. Yeah. That, that is really cool in verse nine, right? What it says there that, if, um, you know, so, so if you've got, you know, this female servant and you say like, okay, well, you know, she's going to be for my, my son here. Um, once that happens, she's your daughter-in-law. She's not, she's not your servant anymore. Right. I mean, that's, that's so striking that, um, <laughs> what you got here is, you know, family trumps these other arrangements that man has come up with, right? Which really speaks to, I think, I mean, the Lord's teaching, again, on marriage, that, you know, family and marriage, that's that's instituted by God, and you don't get to mess with that. Uh, this other stuff, this slavery stuff, I mean, the servanthood stuff, I mean, that's stuff that man came up with, and, 
that that really gets superseded by uh, the things of of God and the way that He created us. And uh, yeah, and of course, like what you were saying, just that whole image of you know the the, the servant girl you know marries the heir, the son, and then she gets elevated with him. And I mean, what a beautiful image already there of the church. You know that yeah, I mean there there you have um, you know just like in the Lord uh, when He was speaking to the the Samaritan woman, right? That just like that kind of idea that you know He takes the the woman who doesn't have anything going on for her, no, no legitimate claim, no expectations of, of uh, you know, a- anything great, but but then you know becomes the queen because she marries the king, and that's um, and that's what the church is. And we don't have anything of our own, but we all get it by by grace with particip- by participation in what Christ rightfully uh, owns and has title to. Yeah. So. Like you were saying before, AJ, and as always, you know, eventually happens. This is more than just you know laws that come from the you know uh, slaves' lives matter, servants' lives matter movement. Um, right. But you know this this moves into like you know what is God doing for uh, the 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 kingdom of God, the the right. eternity of the world, and and bring His people into li- what life looks like forever. Uh, amen. Amen. Well, let's take a look at this next section here. So we read this. It seems to shift now, and, and we're talking about um, death and particularly murder. Um, got a little bit of cursing the father and mother thrown in there too, uh, maybe, <laughs> and, and stealing. And so you, we might want to ask, like, you know, how does this other stuff kind of fit into this, right? Because in verse 12, it's like, okay, so this is what happens if you strike a man and he dies. Um, and then... Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, the rest of the chapter is sort of about like what happens if somebody dies or gets struck or something. Uh, but you've got this other stuff kind of peppered in there. So I, I don't know. Like, what what do you what do you think it, it seems to be going on here at, with this with this turn um, in in verse twelve, where it seems like we're we're it's almost like an elaboration on the on the fifth commandment: you shall not murder. Uh, but there's all this other stuff kind of woven in there throughout the rest of the chapter. Boy, I never even uh <laughs> I never even took that uh fourth commandment to to fifth further commandment to turn there and such. Um wow, that's that's a good one, AJ. I was wrestling with this. Um Yeah. A lot really kind of the the bigger bigger thing there. So yeah. you continue to have uh the treatment of of people there. Um Well, I, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not totally sure uh, myself. I mean, like, what, what exactly is going on here? I mean, it, it is, it is interesting that, I mean, I mean, in some ways, you know, the the family theme kind of uh, is maintained, right? Like this, this first part is is this institution of servanthood, but the idea that you know, family is going to trump that on a certain level, and so on the one hand, it seems almost kind of like. Um, you know, like the family themes is just, is just kind of not wanting to go away. <laughs> like, and that's why you get in verse 15 then, like, you know, father or mother or, uh, and back in 17 then curses father or mother. Um, so, you know, it, it seems like on the one hand, maybe it's like a, like a transition, um, like, or like a gradient kind of not all at once, but kind of, uh, slowly moving away from the family theme and then kind of slowly focusing more on the on the, uh, you know, kind of fifth commandment murder theme. That's, that's, um, that's true. But on the other hand, like, I, like, I feel like what, what seems to maybe tie the, 
the rest of this chapter together as as a whole is maybe this idea of anger, right? Um, and I think this is helpful because you know the Lord Himself, when He teaches on uh, murder in the fifth commandment, He focuses on anger, right? That if you hate your brother in your heart, right, that's already a kind of murder, and that's really what murder is. Um, and in fact, when you get to verse twelve that's already what we're what we're talking about that you know it, so you know do you do you it's not just did you kill the guy but was it murder did you did you try to kill him and were you planning on this did, is this done out of hatred right and so in the same way we get this other stuff about you know um striking father and mother which is a wow what a what a hateful thing to strike the person right uh that responsible for your existence in the first place your father and mother um, but also you get cursing which you think to yourself you know like at first like you're like oh what's that got to do with with uh you know with with murder well again it's it's murder in the heart so it it, it seems that um in that way it, it kind of ties actually the whole chapter together and, and i'm just kind of you know, we're just kind of bouncing ideas around here uh, as, as a kind of broader kind of fifth commandment thing. And that the first part, you're not actually depriving people, right? What what does uh, what does Luther say on the explanation in the fifth commandment, right? That we should uh, befriend our neighbor, right? That we should help and support him in every physical need, right? Which includes not depriving him. Like you gave the example of you know what happens when you're you know employee. Uh, you have to let them go or something like that, right? Like, are you going to do something for them? Um, so in, in that way, it seems like whether it's um, through neglect, which is a kind of like cold hatred, as C.S. Lewis put it, um, or um, like anger, like a like hot hatred, really the whole chapter is about hatred in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, you take a good word. Um, that kind of puts us together pretty well with lots of uh, anger and hatred there, and and you know there's there's the response of what you do after that too. Um, and I think one one person mentioned you know so we focus on forgiveness a lot, and that's great. But you know I think this chapter also kind of reminds us uh, that uh, it, along with forgiveness, there's also this this question of what happens after that anger, um, you know, in that forgiveness too, in this uh, this kind of what what happens after that, including restitution. It really goes on further than that than, than 21. Um, let, let me throw this out there, since we're talking big. Uh, yeah. There seem to be overtones, and when you said anger, kind of like, oh, yes. Um, uh, this helps me kind of wrap this up. Uh, there seems to be a lot of, of behind-the-scenes connections and shadows to the story of Joseph here. Um, yeah. Maybe that seems like a, a curveball, but so... <laughs> Feel free to start. Well, I mean, you have you have similar yeah. phrases of uh, I mean the, the tra- tragedy, um, mm-hmm. uh, children leaving, uh, multiple children. I mean, jo- um, yeah, no, that's true. The, 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 the going pole, out, the being gored by a wild animal, um, yep, sold into slavery, it, kidnapped, yeah, into yeah, slavery. That's true. Um, I mean, there there's a. Uh, I, there's always so much kind of background commentary. I think in Exodus on on Genesis too, and I think uh, there's there's this background going on here of uh of kind of the anger in joseph's family um yeah the brothers who were who were angry maybe not so much at joseph but even their father for having well <laughs> treatment of women uh you know he favored one over the other yeah no no that, well yeah no exactly right i mean um, think think about all the consequences of that i mean and that's and that's very good though too to think about you know some of the commands of god here 
um, because of what happens when you violate these commands, the ramifications, right? Like uh, there, there are children who are affected in, in ways that you can't even begin to spell out. Yeah, I think that's really good and insightful. And I think what it gets to is that in some ways that Joseph story um, is really in the same way about the theme of hatred and um, yeah, I mean, hatred in the same way. And I mean, that goes back, do you think, to, you know, just like Jacob and Esau, there's this hatred, right, that exists between them, this animosity, this enmity. And that seems to just pervade Jacob's family. It, it's like, a, it's very much like what, what happens to, to David, right? Where, yeah, he, his life is spared, but the sword never leaves his house, God says. I mean, there is a, there is a curse. And we were talking about it at the very beginning that gets to revenge, that that violence is its own curse because you're never free of it. You, you have exact revenge on somebody, and it's just going to haunt you the rest of your days. And so, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, quite the juxtaposition, I think, that there's like this story of how anger just kind of, it just dominates um, Jacob's family um, until God works what he does through Joseph, and there's forgiveness. Um, and so in the same way here, you've got this, you know, these restrictions on human anger, but ultimately— you need more than restrictions. You need forgiveness. Forgiveness is the only thing that breaks the cycle of anger. And that really does point to, as you were saying, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, you know, I mean, he his wounds heal our wounds. His stripes heal our stripes, right? As it says in verse 24. And, uh, you know, the one who became a servant that we would uh, get to go out from sin, death, and the devil. So, I mean, ab- absolutely going back to that verse 9 and just— Thank you for the comparison. I mean, that, that's just another beautiful Christological tie. But, oh, we could go on forever with that. But we're all out of time. But just so many good things here, brother. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, our conversations together. And God bless your, your holiday. And look forward to having you on again real soon. Yeah, sounds great. Love you, brother. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor Lucas Witt, pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Moving on here, we got a Solomon store for you guys. Check that out. Until then, I'm Pastor H.A. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.